0: Our Shanghai office has recently been holding some meetings with company representatives and Chinese government officials as well. So we wanted to get an update on their work. So to get that update, we're on the line with our chief representative in Shanghai, Melinda Xu. From the U.S. China Business Council in Washington, D.C., I'm Ian Hutchinson, and this is the China Business Minute. Melinda Shu is our chief representative in Shanghai. Melinda, welcome back.
1: Great to talk again again.
0: So our Shanghai office frequently talks with member companies on the ground. So I know you recently held a CFO roundtable, as well as some supply chain programs. So from your conversations, how are companies doing there?
1: I'd say the vast majority of member companies operating here are profitable. However, the realities of rising costs and increased competition due to U.S.-China tensions, COVID disruptions, as well as a few other factors have increasingly led companies to treat China as a mature and competitive market. And the U.S.-China trade tensions have also evolved into a bigger fight over the future of technology, national security, and creating other headaches and compliance burden for companies as well.
0: And so what are the sort of main factors impacting companies doing business at the moment?
1: So in my conversations, many companies have either formally or informally started China Resilience Project, which identifies several trends that may impact their China operations. First, U.S.-China relations. You know, Apparently, the punitive tariffs definitely added costs for companies. So many companies proactively applied for the tariff exemptions from the Chinese governments to mitigate the impact. And companies are also closely evaluating their supply chains. Some are seeking solutions to diversify, and some are um, increasing their efforts to localize manufacturing footprint in China, especially those who heavily rely on the China market. And secondly, export controls um, entity list sanctions recently you know rolled out in both countries have also caused high levels of uncertainties it also contributes to already heightened um, concerns for companies deciding how to satisfy competing authorities on both sides third i would say travel disruptions were perhaps um, the most important um, covid related impact for u.s companies in china Foreign companies have struggled to return staff to China, the same for Chinese executives to visit US. This has led to delayed business decisions. Moreover, without people-to-people exchange, it also increases challenges between the headquarters and regional operations. And additionally, many companies are very concerned about Chinese policies and regulations on information flows, privacy, and tax security especially regarding restrictions on cross-border data flows and data localization requirements.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I mean, definitely a complex environment and members have a lot to consider to make sure their companies are prepared. So I, I noticed you recently were also working with a few companies on consolidating or moving operations within China, right?
1: You're right, Yin. Um, manufacturing, especially chemical companies, have increasingly seen relocation and land expansion Um, challenges, especially in the developed region like um, Shanghai and uh, Guangdong, it's becoming increasingly difficult for chemical companies to try to purchase land in such um, localities, even in areas where they have previously been dominant. It's also quite common that um, local governments have more restrictions on land using and um, even have certain economic performance metrics that companies need to meet. Companies would also face all kinds of potential challenges in the relocation process, um, increasing costs in human resources, land facilities, and tax issues uh, across the region, etc. We've been doing some benchmarking on how to mitigate the risk and to have relatively smooth transitions. And some companies could even shift to opportunities to get more support from local governments.
0: And I know you guys there do a lot of engagement with the Chinese local government. So does the Chinese government at the local level still support U.S. companies doing business there? Is is there more support from that side?
1: Well, um, China is a one-party system, but it's not a monolith. I would try my best to provide some nuances here. I think I would uh, agree in general local governments still support U.S. companies' operations in China especially in the sectors highlighted in the 14th-year plan, such as biopharma, AI, high-end manufacturing, clean energy, and so on. Basically, all local governments are chasing such industries. Um, I personally believe it's um, eventually gonna be an oversupply issue in the next 10 or 15 years, which actually contradicts China's strategy to coordinate regional development. Companies also report starkly different um, business environments in regions across China. Companies say officials in the Yangtze River Delta and the Greater Bay Area are very much having a service mindset, exploring how they can support your business. While in some other localities, the problem of bureaucratic red tape is still quite tough. You know, we mentioned companies are looking at their supply chain. Um, Chinese government as well are also looking at supply chain security and identifying and avoiding any single point of failure, especially those technology that heavily rely on U.S., so-called kābō And China very much wanted to get rid of those choke points and stand on its own feet. So for our members, we've heard that public procurement is increasingly close to American companies, especially in ICT and medical device sectors.
0: So are there any silver linings then?
1: Good point, Ian. I didn't mean to be um, overly pessimistic. Um, and there are actually a lot of efforts by Chinese government to improve the business environment and support multinational companies operating here. Local government in particular, um, you know, are pushing forward to get more authority from Beijing to develop its own economy and um, even step up efforts to implement long-promised reforms. You know, like the new Hainan Free Trade Port Law authorized the Hainan government to enact its own regulations for the entire island. Recently, Shanghai has been given greater power to pass laws pertaining to its Pudonio area, which generates a third of the city's GDP and is home to many uh, major multinational companies. In other words, you know, regulations released by New area may conflict with national re- legislation as long as they follow the basic principles of national statutes and um, regulations. It remains to be seen how Pudong will um, eventually utilize the opportunity to further open its market access, especially in finance and uh, medical service industries and, and a few others. You know, USCBC Shanghai office engages with senior provincial leadership and key government stakeholders across China to increase member visibility and develop potential business opportunities and to help um, address member companies operational challenges. Earlier this year, we met Shanghai municipal leadership, and we recently went to central China region, um, and we're having a few upcoming trips to Qingdao, Hainan, and South China. So um, we wanted to work together with members to provide the resources to navigate the complex environment.
0: All right, well, thank you for the overview of what you guys have been working on. It's always good to catch up with the uh, the on-the-ground stuff. Thank you, Ian. Again, Melinda Xu is our chief representative in Shanghai. The China Business Minute is a production of the U.S.-China Business Council, and you can always learn more about the work that we do on our website, uschina.org. If you like the show, please leave it a rating and a review. It will help other people find it. As always, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.